Many young people have grown up knowing that it's their cup that needs to be filled up by the teachers, the mentors, the parents, the bosses, the CEOs who have the jug to fill it up. At Bodrum Banta, we believe that it's through coming together that we create a bigger pool of knowledge and wisdom with the mission of making the boardroom as big as can be, amplifying the stories behind the people and filling each other up. Hey guys, welcome back to the boardroom. My name is Boniface Omina and today, before I even introduce our next guest um, for this episode, hope you guys enjoyed the founders episode. We had so much fun shooting that one. (laughs) Right, Sean? No, we, we absolutely had a blast and... Yeah, just judging from some of the feedback we've been getting from you guys. Um, yeah, we, you know, we're super open about letting you into our process, letting you guys know a bit more about who we are. And today, Boniface and I will be hosting a really, really special episode with a guest who we no doubt believe will not only add value, but will pique your interest in terms of, you know, his own diverse experiences and hopefully leave you guys with some awesome tips from his own personal journey. So yeah, sit back, relax. Uh, My name is Sean, one of the hosts here at Boardroom Banter. I'm joined with Mr. Boniface himself. And this is in response to actually a demand that guys, guys wanted to see both hosts (laughs) after the founders episode. And, you know, it being a week from Christmas, we hope you guys are easing into the festivities. It's been a crazy year. It's been a crazy ride. Yeah. I know our guest is going to tell us a lot about how his year has been. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to present to you today in the boardroom, Mr. Jorge Mendez. Jorge, how you doing? Hello, hello. Hey, everybody. Hey, Bonnie. Hey, Sean. Hey, Yudi. Good to be here. Excited to be here, actually. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> um, just a bit of background. Hoy is joining us all the way from Philadelphia in Pennsylvania and bit of background, right? So I met Jorge in 2019. Yep. He probably met me through my application and I applied to where it is that we met. Um, <laughs> and at that time, I had traveled, Yuri and I had traveled to the Walton Institute and Accelerator Program in Colorado. And at that time, Jorge was the Director of External Programs and Outreach. Right. So he'll get into exactly what that means. And at the moment, he currently runs, he's, he's currently the director of programs. Right. Um, so, Jorge, we'd just like to learn a bit more about what you're doing right now. People who are hearing, hearing about the Watson Institute for the first time. What has your year looked like within the scope of your work in Watson and a couple of other things that, that you engage with? Yeah, certainly. So, so I'm currently, yes, I'm currently based in, in Philadelphia. I'm, I'm, I'm traveling, um, but I'm typically full-time based in Denver, Colorado, just uh, just a, a few kilometers away from, from the Watson Institute in Boulder, which is where I, where I work and when I got to meet Bonnie, Bonnie and Yudi. Um, so what I do, I'm the director of programs for the Watson Semester Accelerator, which is the flagship program for Watson Institute. We have several programs in uh, South Florida where we have a bachelor's degree in social entrepreneurship. We have an accelerator program in Guatemala and we have other, other programming as well. But the semester accelerator is where I had the honor and pleasure of meeting Bonnie, Yudi, and so many other incredible young leaders and, and entrepreneurs from, from across the world. And so I'm 
I lead on, on, the, on the campus, on the Boulder campus for the semester accelerator, I lead the programmatic experience um, in many ways, the student experience in many ways as well. Um, I manage our incredible and impressive mentor network, our, our master course teachers. Uh, in fact, right before I hopped on this call, I secured another master course teacher for, for the next semester, right before. <laughs> um, and master courses, uh, master course teachers rather, are um, established, um, successful, and, and quite impressive and inspiring entrepreneurs or or um, organizational leaders that that join us uh, once uh, for a um, for a session, um, basically a master course or a workshop to talk about their experience and and so on. Um, and so, yeah, I manage a programmatic experience and um, I've been with Watson for, for more than four years, for four and a half actually, and, and I've had the, the huge honor of, of, of meeting so many incredible people and working with so many incredible entrepreneurs from, from all over the world. So yeah, that's what I do now. Fantastic, fantastic. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, uh, Yuri, Bonnie and I are no strangers to accelerator programs and uh, myself having gone through the Draper University program yep. uh, in San Francisco, you know, something similar, one that you're familiar with, you yep. know, it, those have been super instrumental in just shaping our mindsets around, you know, what is entrepreneurship? What does it actually take to start a startup? Uh, how do you get funding? You know, all, all those different things, right? Things that without the help of, of such programs, we'd, we'd have never known and never been um, exposed to. So perhaps for, for some of our listeners who are not familiar with what a startup incubator or um, entrepreneur um, accelerator would, would, would mean or, or, or what those are, um, maybe you could tell us a bit more about, you know, what, what are those programs and, you know, why do so many entrepreneurs want to go through these incubators? And, you know, what's, what's some of the key value and, and importance that these kinds of institutions provide? Certainly, yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, they take many like shapes and sizes and even names. So they'll use incubator, accelerator, bootcamp, everything else in, in between. It seems like the most common name will be like accelerator, which is just this incubator has a particular like meaning, uh, particularly in, in um, places like Silicon Valley. But anyway, um, yeah, so they, they could be, the structure varies. I feel like the Watson Institute, like the program that, that we run is quite long in comparison to other accelerators, which is like 16 weeks. And the reason being is because we want to align ourselves um, with the, the typical semester in the United States, because we do want to appeal to recently graduated um, students or students that are currently in university as well. So we want to follow that block. But um, I would say like the typical length of an accelerator program for entrepreneurs is between eight to 12 weeks. Uh, some are residential, like I know Watson Institute is residential. So uh, typically, or at least pre-COVID. So what that means is that you are like, you move to the city where the accelerator is based at and you live there for several months, um, like Yudi and Bonnie uh, did for four months in Boulder, Colorado. Others are virtual, others are commuter, which means that they only recruit from, um, from around the communities and they travel. So it's a whole mixture. It can look in many, in many, many ways, particularly like recently in the last year and a half, two years, um, a lot of accelerators have gone on to being virtual first 
Um, and there's, there's, a, there's advantages in that. Um, even us at Watson Institute, where we actually would like to return to a residential program, um, we are looking into, well, what it would look like if we involve a lot of like virtual elements as well. Um, so well, something that we have learned running a virtual accelerator over the last year and a half uh, has been that um, the entrepreneurs are back at home. So we don't, we don't pluck them out uh, and say, all right, come join us in Boulder, Colorado for this number of months. And it's an incredible experience. And it, it continues to be, right? But um, they're, when they are at home, um, then everything that all the training they're going through, all the mentorship they're going through, all the community that they're being a part of, they can implement directly and instantly um, with, with their market, with their customer, with their venture, with their team. Um, rather than having to communicate across the Atlantic or waiting until they get back home in December or in May or whenever it may be. Um, and so there's an advantage that's, that's found there. So we're, we're exploring things of like, how do we, as we transition to being able to travel more and, and have access to visas and so on, like how, you know, how do we implement all those virtual elements that we've learned uh, into a residential program? So. I'm going on a tangent. I haven't answered your question yet. So, <laughs> um, so in, in an accelerated program, <laughs> what you can expect um, is training um, in entrepreneurship principles and business principles as well. And there's different stages um, that you may join. So something like the Watson Semester Accelerator, for example, would be an early stage um, accelerator, but the other accelerators are that are based on stage, right? So I would say like the TechStars accelerator, um, you'll have to be a bit yeah. more advanced and, and have and have more revenue and ready to scale and so on. So the first step is seeing like where you are. Like, are you an early stage? Do you do you have like a team? Do you have revenue coming in? Um, you know, there, there's different stages for that. So first is seeing the stage, um, and then two. Is, is is what the accelerator provides for you. Um, again, like, are you looking for a full residential experience? Are you looking for a virtual experience where you still get to be like in your in your city, in your hometown, um, working with your team and venture? Are you looking for community? Some 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 accelerators are really heavy and big on community and network. Watson Institute, like we are. Um, some others are more about the technical piece, right? Um, so. Yeah, training, mentorship is a big part of it as well. Um, we at Watson Institute, like we are very have a big emphasis on mentorship, and it's something that we we see as a pillar of the program and of the entrepreneurial experience. Um, so you can expect mentorship from accelerator programs. So mentorship, community, um, training, uh, and access to a network as well as a big big appeal. Um, and ultimately, at the end of the day, it's 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 using this program to move forward your vehicle of entrepreneurship and, and giving it a shot and having access to tools, resources, and training and seeing, all right, like I've, I can't do this on my own. I need some help. <laughs> so I'm joining this community. I'm joining this program so I can accelerate um, my, my progress of this venture and, and validating or invalidating pieces of my business model. Um, so at the end of the day, it's, it's still the expectation is that you're putting a ton of work into your venture and that you grow within within the weeks or months that you're part of that accelerator, that you grow much quicker than you would have without it. Um, and so that's kind of the bit what, what to expect uh, on an accelerator program. Interesting. Um, and that's I feel like 
thinking back to our four months at Watson, Yuri and I, that's, those are exactly the elements that characterized our experience, right? And just looking at how the experience went beyond just the curriculum that was there, uh, outlined by Watson, to, okay, how, how can we take ownership of our experience there? And I remember, I remember recounting this in Amar's, in Amar's, in the podcast we had with Amar, the episode we had with Amar, talking about how we were very intentional about who we wanted to meet over the course of the period there. And like we have had conversations with students who've been to the Watson virtual um, semester. And it was like guys in our cohort and I, like we, we couldn't imagine having missed out on the Denver Startup Week, you know, yeah. so many events in Boulder with, you know, them tech stars and other types of companies. That extra experience outside of the, the rigid curriculum in itself is something that really christened our as our incentive for wanting to um to join the accelerator program when you look at how how watson approached making that shift during covid what what were the main some of the main elements that as an institute you looked at and said we want to you know maintain this these elements of the experience because they're important to us and then make up for some others, which ones, you know, will we leave off? How was that internal restructuring like? And what are some of the things that you observed over the course of that process of still achieving those objectives of an accelerator program? Yeah, wonderful question, Bonnie. Thank you so much. Um, so the first thing that we actually were uh, a bit wary of when we switched to virtual was community which is one of the biggest aspects of, of the experience for our particular accelerator. Um, and so we, we wanted to tackle that first. It's like, how, how do we build a, a community where we have in the past, just let it happen organically? Yes, we had like events and we have these frameworks and so on, but it, it, it after, most of it happened organically in person when you were living together uh, in the same building, <laughs> in the same city. Um, and so we were very intentional with that. And we actually arrived at having very strict and constant communication. Um, and so we turned up all of our, our communication levels to 10. Um, and so we were consistently be communicating through email, through WhatsApp, through various different channels. Um, and we also developed uh, not, not developed, but it, it implemented something that we were doing already internally as a team and, and implemented it with the Watson Scholars, which is what we call our participants in this, in this particular accelerator. And so we developed this thing that we call Donuts. It's a long story, but uh, <laughs> we labeled this, it's called Donuts. <laughs> and basically it's like we pair random scholars with each other every single week and have them meet for at least 30 minutes um, and talk about anything but work. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's just okay. like, so, so it's like getting to know each other. And so an iteration of the deep dives that we used to have. Exactly. An iteration uh, of that. Uh, I, I, that's more like virtual friendly, right? And so yeah. the Watson team, the, the core programs team will also be part of those donuts too. And so we put ourselves in the mix. So I'm having conversations like one-on-one -on -one conversations with in a span of 16 weeks with 16 
uh, different like Watson scholars, right? And so is every other member of the cohort and member of the Watson Boulder team, for example. So um, being very intentional about that. And again, like communication, being very clear. I, I got way better at my emails <laughs> over the last year and a half than ever. <laughs> um, something I needed. So I guess it's a, a silver lining of the last year and a half. Yes. Um, and, and the WhatsApp, and I started utilizing WhatsApp a lot. Um, it's, a, it's a great tool for communicating across the world. Um, so, so yeah, so the community piece, which, which we, um, solve for the communication and we actually got to build a community, which was like, a, not, we, we, to be honest, maybe at the beginning, we didn't believe it. <laughs> like we're, we were giving it a shot. We're like, we, we, we gotta see if this works. And then when the first semester concluded, the first fully virtual semester concluded a year ago, actually, a year ago to this day, almost, um, we realized, oh, wow, we actually did build a community. And, yeah. and, and, and the entrepreneurs that were part of this program built a community and felt part of a global community where we have um, a student uh, from China calling a student from Brazil and checking in on them, right? And, and everything else in between and having conversations. And, this, the, uh, and we experienced the exact same thing every subsequent semester where we got to build an online community. Um, so much so that when things started opening up, we had scholars meeting up with each other that were in different countries we had scholars uh from costa rica meet up with in venezuela meet up with scholars in mexico uh we've had just this semester we had a scholar that's based in boulder that got the opportunity uh to travel to rwanda to meet up with their venture partner in rwanda so they, they have been working together um there's there's a track that we that's called a free agent uh, that we have here which is like about 20% of the cohort has opportunity has um, opportunity to be a free agent so that they don't have a venture, but they joined the program wanting to join somebody else's venture, at least temporarily. Um, and so this is what occurred. So we had a free agent that was based in Boulder, Colorado and a venture founder that was based in Rwanda. And he got to fly to Rwanda, be there for a week, uh, meet the team, meet the community. Um, and so that that was just absolutely incredible. We, we, we're seeing these things and they, they feel part of this community. So. That's the piece. And then lastly, um, something else was, all right, how do we go from teaching these like uh, courses and like being very like intentional in person and like all these different like workshops that we have settled uh, or set up rather um, don't function virtually, <laughs> right? They require you to move around the room. They require you to be like quick and random and you just cannot do the same thing on Zoom. And so we had to restructure the entire curriculum um, to be able to fit into a virtual setting. And also one, one big change is that our courses, we have three courses um, in the semester and they used to be uh, three hours long and you cannot do that virtually. It's just like, you, you cannot, you cannot, you I know you do. Sleeping I, know, I, <laughs> I know you do, right? So. <laughs> So, so we're like, well, we, we cannot do that virtually. It's setting people up for failure. We, our team, cannot even remain like paying attention for three hours. There's absolutely no way, like virtually, absolutely no way. So we made it, we, we cut it down to two hours, which seems like seems really reasonable with a break in between as well. Um, but we still had like one hour of programming. It's like, what do we do with this one hour of programming that we're cutting out? So we developed uh, these clinics 
uh, which is like, which actually are here to stay, whether it is we're back to residential or continue virtual because they've been very enriching. Because what happens is that we have a two hours where it's like very intense, very quick, uh, deep learning uh, course. And then we tell you, all right, you have a clinic now, like go, go into your pods. So we divide all the scholars up into pods. I know Bonnie and Bonnie and Yuri, you may remember that. <laughs> and so it's like go into your pods and you're virtual. So you're all over the world. In 24 hours, you have to do this clinic together, right? Like you figure it out. Like you figure your time zones, you figure it out. And within 24 hours, you do this clinic of what you just learned in class. And so that was a big change and um, it's here to stay. So there's many, many things that we have learned over the last year and a half, particularly going virtual that are here to stay and clinics are one of those. Um, so yeah, so to reiterate, community, curriculum, communication. Awesome. The three, the three I, Cs. I feel like, we, you know, I, I totally resonated that in that, you know, when, when I was doing my accelerator program, mm -hmm. definitely one of, one of the biggest assets that I left there with was that sense of community, right? Yeah. You've got someone out in Chile who is tackling a problem in their community that, you know, sounds similar to something that you're doing, you know, there's a lot of cross-cultural learning um, that, that these kind of programs would, would facilitate for. And, yeah. you know, by a lot of them going virtual right now, you're basically enabling people from all over the world to tap into premium, you know, high value entrepreneurship content and learning experiences that, you know, are, are, are basically digital right now. Um, I felt like, you know, there's, there's something interesting about being in, in a space where you're meeting someone from a new country for the first time and you've got similar interests or, They've got yeah. differing opinions, right? So th there's that, you know, iron sharpens iron aspect of these kinds of entrepreneurship bootcamp spaces that I think is actually at, at the core of the learning experience, right? You're learning from others, you're learning with others, uh, you're ideating with them, you know, uh, knocking down ideas, brainstorming, and, you know, in, in anyone who has, tried to start something or has had ideas can can attest to the fact that you know brainstorming with other people with differing opinions is you know it, it's 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 something else and even even amongst us as you know the boardroom banter team yeah you've got <laughs> like varying opinions on a lot of things um yeah and just that that friction that constructive friction leaves behind um, more solid more well-rounded ideas at the end of the day. Um, however, you know, one of the things that I did pick up on was, you know, a, a, lot, of, a, a lot of entrepreneurs uh, within, within my cohort, for example, and um, I'm, I'm sure even um, Bonnie, you can, you can attest to it when you are at, 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 at Watson. Yeah. You, you do find that there are many similarities amongst you know a lot of the people who do show up for these kinds of programs or you know who do um, get attracted to these kinds of accelerator programs so you know from your standpoint Jorge you know you worked in the recruitment aspect of things right before now you uh, went into mm -hmm. program design mm -hmm. and, and execution right there there is some visibility that I'd, I'd be curious on, on picking your mind about right 
So you're reading through a bunch of these applications, right? And, and I'm sure you guys had some sort of, yeah. you know, rubric or, or, or way to categorize or rank, okay, should this person come? Will this person, um, you know, create value um, or receive value? Uh, you know, are there some sorts of ingredients or, or core, core, core similarities that, that you would find um, these entrepreneurs tended to have, you know, maybe it's certain traits that, that, that you would pick up on, um, which, which then would maybe translate in them having a successful experience um, and also helping them creating a successful experience for the other people there, right? What, what, what are some of the common threads that you would, you would find in, in, in these, um, you know, the, these entrepreneurs who would come and be successful at these programs? Yeah, certainly. Uh, yeah, so for about three years, um, I, I was part of the recruitment uh, outreach uh, team. Um, and so I got to review probably 2,000 applications <laughs> in that time to the program. So with that, um, something that, like an element of a good application, I would say, um, would be showing curiosity. Like you, you don't have all the answers. Like you're passionate about this. Uh, you've been working on this project for some time or on this, on this like focus for some time. Um, but you are, you have, a, you have, you have a sense of curiosity and you want to learn more. And you know that by learning more, you then accelerate the, 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 the work that you're doing. So that's one piece. Um, I think also, showing that you you are deeply passionate about solving this problem and at the end of the day like whether whether you're an entrepreneur like a traditional entrepreneur or you would call a social entrepreneur whatever it may be um you're, you're solving someone's problem period <laughs> uh there's there's no way around that right so um are you passionate about that problem and and the the, the passion piece um is is not necessarily like showing us how hard you're willing to work or, or how much work you're willing to put into it or, or so on. It's for the long term. If, if, you're, not, if you're not necessarily passionate about this, um, this, may, this may fade away in a couple of months or, or in a year or so on. And so um, it's just a problem that you want to solve. And how much, how much do you understand this problem? Is something that's important for us as well because the solution, which is you know the, your business, uh, whatever shape it may take, uh, that's going to change. Like it's going to change on week one of the program, <laughs> or it's going to change in week six or week fifteen. Is it is going to change? It is a constant. <laughs> it will not stay the same. And so, um, how much do you understand the problem you're trying to solve? The how much do you understand the person that has been affected by this problem? Are you building a solution that is tailored designed for that individual uh, as well? It's 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 important for us to for us to know, and it's important as, as an entrepreneur. Period um, that you're not working in a silo, that, and that you're taking in feedback not just from team from your team, from mentors, from community, but most importantly, you're taking feedback from the users, uh, from the people, your beneficiaries, your customers, whatever your model may look like. That person is going to be defined differently, but that person ultimately, um, it's a decision maker as to whether um, your product or service or anything else you put in forward actually is solving the problem. Um, so now back to the application piece, like curiosity, 
passion. I think also traction. What, whatever traction you have, tell us. <laughs> and this varies per accelerator program. Um, and so like an early stage program is going to have a, a lower barrier a lower barrier of entry when it comes to traction, let's say, um, but other accelerator programs that are more demanding and, 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 and ask for a particular higher stage will require more and more traction. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to focus on the earlier stage. Um, and so that traction could look like, oh, we have spoken to, to a dozen people and have these conversations that took notes of these conversations, spoke to them about our product, our service, our venture, uh, learning more about the problem, whatever it may be. Um, it could also be like, we got one sale, we got two sales, we, we fundraised this a little bit of money, or we won this pitch competition, like wh whatever traction you have that shows us that you, that, that you are beginning to understand or already understand the environment that you're working on. Um, and that, and that, again, you understand the problem and the, and the person being affected above all else and that you are testing. Um, and looking to either validate or invalidate uh, either pieces of your business model or your product and service itself. There's nothing stronger that I can think of in an application when they said, we developed this prototype. It's not very sophisticated, but we developed this thing, um, either virtual or physical. Uh, and we asked like 20 people to test it and give us feedback. Like, that, that's an A plus for me. Like <laughs> that, that is exactly what we're looking for. Up, you know, on top to of a thousand people. Yeah. No, just, just, just like the curiosity piece. It's like, oh, you're curious. Like you, you, there's certain skills that you can't train, <laughs> and that's just the truth. Or if, or if you can't train, it'll take a long time, and, and that's okay. We all, we all have different um, uh, pluses and deltas, but. Um, so, so yeah, so the traction um, that you're, you're informed of the environment um, and then in, in your environment, in your environment, sorry, in your interview, if you, if you get to that, to that level, I think I want to share this piece too. Um, so in your interview, ask questions. If the person interviewing you for the accelerator program for any interview, actually, um, and they, and, and they ask you, all right, we have time for questions. Have questions and have some good questions. Don't 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 be like, don't be asking of things that you already know the answer to. Um, ask the, be be curious. Like show that curiosity. Um, ask about the experience. Ask about the community. Ask about um, just an, an array of different things. Um, just make sure that that you do have some questions to ask. Um, and. Yeah, I would say yeah, passion, curiosity, traction. Okay, lastly, don't be a taker. I don't know if you I don't know if you've uh, uh, seen right. Adam Grant's Adam Grant's like TED Talk or read his book about giving taker. giving buses taking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the takers are the takers that don't give are the worst kind of person to have in any cohort. <laughs> right. uh, and so just understand that you're joining this community and you're part of that community. Um, and so you make, make sure they come, come in with the mentality of, all right, I, I'm, I'm going to take, and that, that's what we want you to take, but I'm also yeah. going to give as well. Yeah. Um, Don't so be a parasite. What can, <laughs> what can you, no, well, yeah, yeah. What can you contribute? And not just in a cohort, I think that's a great way to live life. <laughs> it's like, what, what can you contribute? Because 
um, what occurs, particularly in this small space, like you are working in a small community at the end of the day. And so um, when you're seen as someone who gives, um, then it comes back, it comes back to you. And, I, and I've seen that a million times with, with the entrepreneurs that I work with. Hearing you talk about this, like for those who are listening, these are cheat codes to get into accelerator <laughs> programs. Application cheat codes. Get your notebook. <laughs> and you know, just thinking about how my 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 experience, my whole process to get into Watson at that time, 2019, that was during my gap year. Um, I won't go into much detail, but I was doing, I cleared high school in 2018 in the Lenana school um, in Nairobi. And then I, I knew I wanted to take a gap year, right? I got into this program that was being offered at the Strathmore Business School. It was being run by a South African organization known as the Allen and Jill Gray Foundation. So we had a cohort of 20 full scholarship, you know, we just thought this is, you know, one of those entrepreneurship programs. Um, by the time we got to April, we were in five different teams, five different startups, and building solutions around work experience and career exposure. So my team and I were building a Tinder for internships, right? An online matchmaking platform Sounds for like internships. Yo, we were going <laughs> to revolutionize the whole, you know, jo- job sector and career penetration, right? So by the time I was applying to Watson, my team and I had won a grant, a $2,000 grant. And, you know, we felt like we we're on the top of the world, nice. you know, in a startup. <laughs> when, you, when you win that first, that first prize, um, and you know, just walking around Strathmore with the big shots. I remember my friends, some of my other friends were actually degree <laughs> program students. Yeah. Right. So, you know, doing the Watson application, uh, I was like, is there is there anywhere that they're gonna ask me about my academic, my my KCSE grades? <laughs> no grades required. Let's do it. Love it. I went over to Yuri's <laughs> place. I told Yuri, hey bro, you wanna go to Colorado? <laughs> and what you talking about? <laughs> There's this program, man. And we sat down with Yuri, sha, 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 quick, quick. We did that application. And at that time, Yuri was working on something else um, in water solutions, right? So the interview process was very much, oh, who are you? What do you like doing? Yeah. Just basically just look at my personality. I don't know if it was the same for you, um, Sean. And I remember the whole process of going to Watson Fast forward to a conversation that I had with you, Jorge, in, in between the, mm-hmm. you know, the tough, the tight schedules, the events, the deliverables. One of the things Watson asked us to do is to make sure you meet, I don't know, a hundred people over the course. Like, Jorge, you guys did us dirty. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding though, um, it, was, it was very beneficial. <laughs> and one of the things I asked you one day was, Jorge, wh- why did you bring us here? Like, what? this my startup doesn't look like it's going anywhere yeah. you know that time three of my team members were in kenya got into college at the time and one of the things that you mentioned really stood out you told me watson doesn't really i don't i don't want to misquote you but it was to, to, to the tune of we care more about you than the ventures that you're doing yeah and yeah. that really helped me like skip a couple of assignments i guess that for free now as an alumni um but i i I really went back and and thought about that and realized watson is investing the tools skills mentors network in boniface omina not in student vortex 
Right. And mm. we can two years back, we can see the value in that because whether it's the podcast that we're running, you know, I do events, Sean is in consulting, Yuri is you know, running some other crazy stuff. We can see how those, we go back to our what's and notes. We have access to those, you know, to those tools practically, right? Yeah. And we go back to the people we met. We go back to the conversations that we, we each had. And, you know, that was the thing, right? And mm. one of the stats that we we're talking about, and I you know, hope Jorge will touch on this a while back, um, later in the episode, is how 20% of all Watson alumni, only like, those are the only people who are working on, are working on, their, on their startups. The other 80%, right, Jorge will go through these figures, are not necessarily running the ventures that they came to the program with. Yeah, but are certainly applying those skills. I don't know. If, yeah, if it was like sort of the same experience for you, Sean. Yeah, no, for sure. And you know, even going back to you know when I was applying to Draper Draper University, you know, they at that at that point, my my idea was very much in a prototype stage, and in fact, it had failed. Right. So this was like, you know an energy, uh, you know, an, an, an energy solution type of thing that I had, I had I tried to put together. And funny enough, you know, I was very transparent about the fact that it didn't work out at first uh, in my interview. And I, I genuinely think that's one of the things that got me in, right? Because I said, you know what, I, I had this idea. I am passionate about this thing. And as a result of my passion of bringing, uh, you know, easy and affordable access to electricity to, to, to Africans. I tried to build something and it didn't work. So I want to go to this platform uh, or, or this program in order to get the skills to build something that does work, right? And, and, I, and I think for, for a lot of listeners, like a lot of people are thinking, oh, I need to have something that works. But back to what Jorge was saying, you know, there's that element of, I do have an interest and passion and I have done something about it. Whether or not it's picked up traction, um, that's that, that, that's something that maybe the institute could teach you how to do. And you know, if you've not achieved scale, that's something that the institute could teach you how to do. Um, and you know, I did end up going there. And uh, you know, when I was when I was in Silicon Valley, one of the key things that I was exposed to was blockchain technology, right? And I realized, oh my goodness, you know, blockchain and energy solutions do go together. And so you know, now I had a better framework as to, you know, how to go about this, um, solving this challenge, et cetera. And, and, and you know, it's, it really solidified that concept of, you know, it's something we talked about in, in, our, in one of our previous episodes with, with, with KK. Uh, ready, fire, aim. <laughs> right? So it's like, get ready, you know, have the passion, have the interest, fire, yeah. try and do something. And then later on, you can aim and, and, and you know, figure go through, it out. you know, you figure out how to make it work. Um, yeah. safe, safe to say, you know, that, that's not the uh, business that, you know, I am working on now. Even after leaving that program, you know, I, I do fall into that um, majority who, you know, after leaving that program, um, you know, I'm not working on that, the solution that I was uh, developing then. But, you know, it's the frameworks, it's the mental models that you, you gain from these experiences that, you know, now turn into the things that have been foundational for, 
for the other ventures that I've been able to start, right? And Jorge, perhaps you could you could chime into this um, from a perspective of, you know, what are some of the ways to create healthy success metrics, right? Um, during such an incubator experience. So how, how do you know you are successfully learning and using that space well? And thereafter, how do you know that you are successful in maybe implementing those into your business, right? Are you looking at, oh, my business now is making me money. Is, is that a metric for success? Or is it A, okay, I have, um, you know, retained customers who are regular or, you know, maybe your business fails and you pivot, you, you know, there's, there's lots of ways to think about how do, how do I say that yeah. my, my business or my idea has been successful, right? Jorge, you know, you working with lots of students who have gone out of, 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 the, of the institute, you know, what, what are some healthy measures that we could take? Because a lot of us want to be billionaires ASAP <laughs> and we want to have, you know, uh, $5 million seed round, uh, you know, from Y Combinator or something, but you know, hey, that, that doesn't hey, always hey, happen, hey. right? <laughs> manifesting, manifesting. Manifesting, Y Combinator. If you're listening to this you're episode, listening. shout out Y Combinator. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And, and, and you know, it, it leads to us having toxic views on startups. You know, we want to enter, scale, leave, yeah. sell it, you know, retire. Uh, but you know how. How do you maintain a cool head about um, expectations once once we leave such a program, right? Um, or or even someone who hasn't gone through a program and you know yeah. has got a business. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, yeah. Um, so first, I gotta say I wrote down ready fire M. So I'm gonna borrow that. Uh, <laughs> That's our motto. Let you know. <laughs> our motto. <laughs> no, on our merchandise soon enough. Yeah. Modern banter merchandise coming soon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so so I do want to reiterate that that at least our philosophy here at Watson Institute is that we we invest in people. And I remember that conversation that Bonnie and I had. It was by the couches, uh, in the space in Boulder, and so. And that's that's the truth, right? It's it's thirty percent uh, of Watson alumni go on to like launch the ventures and do so full time, and so but like like uh, Bonnie says, like seventy percent of us like they are applying all these skills and experiences and community and, and this mindset and so on. So that's what we invest in people because if we when when we invest in people, both the seventy percent and thirty percent both uh, get to benefit from it, um, and so. To then go back to to the question about how, how you measure success, right? And it's like, oh man. So I, I would say like my my the, my first like big rule <laughs> is to not tie yourself to your venture personally. Like it's not your identity, and and that is with the biggest downfall that I have seen um, for every uh, emerging young entrepreneur that I worked with is that Guilty. they. Is yeah, <laughs> well, hey, and, and guilty hey, as charged. And, <laughs> and, and that's life, life sentence. Yeah, yeah, but that that's like that's normal though. You know, it's 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 something that you have to unlearn, but it's something that it's innate to our human existence. Like we we are we are built and wired to tie this aspects of our of our life to our identity. Um, and that's like a whole different podcast, like that, that's, that's philosophy and psychology and so on. Um, 
but but with that, it's like you have to unlearn that. And and part of this program, like we emphasize that heavily. On day one, we tell them like, look around this room. <laughs> Majority of your the venture is not going to work. This this venture that doesn't mean <laughs> that you're going to be yeah, but that that doesn't mean that you you're not going to be eventually um, be able to to launch something whatever that may look like. Right? And it takes different shapes and sizes. Um, this is one step towards achieving an, 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 an ultimate, towards one of probably likely many steps. Um, and something that I like to, to always share um, is that progress, progress occurs in leaps. Progress doesn't occur in this like linear, pretty upwards chart, <laughs> uh, right? Like there's times where you're gonna feel stagnant. Um, there are times where, where you feel like, oh, I haven't progressed in the last couple of weeks or months. Uh, and so on. And, and it's how do you prepare yourself for that next leap? Progress occurs in leaps. Um, and so put in the work now, intentionally build a community, build a team, look inside all the time and ask yourself, am I being unfair to myself? Am I, I might not be in, um, like, I'm, I'm not, I might be in too self-centered i might be like too blind i might not listening like constantly be like all right we have we have this like wiring that we are that that we are coming with that's our hardware and it's going to betray us in many ways um yeah. and so check your ego check your hard wiring um and 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 listen have conversations am i not listening to my team am i not listening to our funder am i not listening to our customer um consistently be checking on yourself um, so that, that's, that's one piece that I, it all relates to success eventually. Right. So that piece, knowing that having patience <laughs> is a virtue and is incredibly hard to be yeah. patient. Uh, even I myself, uh, have a lot of trouble being patient. So knowing that when you, when you, when you put in the work, it will eventually lead to this leap of progress. Now it might not be his venture. But without this venture, you're not going to get to the other one. Um, or you're not going to be as ready as, as you were to get to the other one. Um, and so it's all progress. Everything that you do to get better, to learn, to expand your horizons, to expand your skills, to put your skills into practice, to expand your experience, to put your experience into practice. All these different things make you a better human being, make you a better leader, make you a better uh, entrepreneur. It's not, you're not going to win the lottery. It's, it's just not going to happen. There, there, there's this like myth of the entrepreneur that takes a big chance and like makes it. And that's all, I don't know if I can curse here, it's all BS. <laughs> uh, so like one example that I hear all the time uh, is like, oh, like Bill Gates, like dropped out of school and like launched Microsoft. It's like, it's not that simple. He dropped Great. out of Harvard, first of all. Right. And not only yeah. that, like his, 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 his dad worked in IBM, which was at the time the biggest computer company yeah. in the world. And then his mother was a philanthropist or rather like sat in, in like a lot of like different boards in, in Seattle and so on. And he said, oh, look, I, I, I have like, I'm, I'm in a point of privilege where I'm able to have access to all these different things. And I have this idea for this thing. I'm also at Harvard. And then I'm just going to drop out and give it a shot. And like, if it didn't work, he he's come back from his sabbatical and continue his studies. Right. So people who say me. that should, should read the outliers yeah. Yeah. and know exactly what, what, what you're saying. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I actually got that from that liars. <laughs> so, uh-huh. a great book. book. It's a great book. And so, and like this, there are many, many different examples. And so they, they become like glorified and, and, but people miss the details. And like, it's, it's, not, it's, it's not about taking chances or risks. It's about taking calculated chances and calculated risks um, for, for when you're ready. So, all right. So getting back to your, to your question about success. Um, metrics of success. So you should evaluate where you, everyone starts differently. So where are you right now? Let's say you're, you got into an accelerator program and it's like week zero. So it's the week before you begin. All right. So like, where are you right now? And what do you want to accomplish within the first four weeks? Like, don't, don't think too far ahead. You're about to, if you're, you're about to join an accelerator, you're about to hop into something that's going to turn your venture upside down. All right. And you're going to be testing a lot of things. Things are going to fail. Things are going to succeed. Things are going to change. So if you're thinking about like, oh, where do I want to be in one year? It's like, why are you thinking one year? (laughs) Things are going to change in in two weeks. Like, what are you doing? (laughs) Next week, you might be pivoting (laughs) to start a grocery store. (laughs) (laughs) Grocery store is completely valid. (laughs) But don't, don't get don't start planning for details that are allegedly going to happen in 12 months or that you want to get in 12 yeah. months. Now, having, having a North star and be like, at a, at a big picture, we want to be here. All right, it's good to aim. You want to aim towards something for sure. Um, so I advocate that fully. Aim towards a big, big goal, overarching goal um, or a mission um, to get there. Aim that direction so that you don't, you don't lose track of, of, of ultimately like where you want to be. And what kind of impact you want to have or what kind of business you want to have. Um, now, the minutia, the details, that is where you don't want to get too far ahead. All right. So it, 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 it depends. It's hard to give like one like solid advice because it depends on where you are in your stage, where you are in your venture, what the team dynamic is, and so many different variables. So, but I, I would say like measure your, your, your weekly goals. Uh, so have like weekly things that are small that are accomplishable. Uh, another thing is, is I think I think entrepreneurs have a tendency to be workaholics. Stop it! <laughs> come on, come it on! Doesn't, man. It doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> We're <work>. addicted. <laughs> you can't just tell you us to stop. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But okay, how, how about this? How about this? I see, I see what y'all doing. I'm speaking yeah. to you directly, but as well as the audience. I, yeah. I, it's a creative endeavor. All right, you 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 are you are is you are an artist in many ways. You are creating something. You're bringing something to life, um, yeah. whether it is, is, is it, whether it is like if if you're it just, I don't see much difference between a filmmaker who's bringing to life a movie, or a musician is bringing to life an album or a song, mm-hmm. um, and what you're doing. All right, like you're bringing something to life using different tools but it's the exact same process. It's a creative process. And to be creative, you need to, you need to have space as well, mental space. So if, if you bogged yourself down with a bunch of minutia uh, that you're trying to accomplish and, you, and your tasks are always stacked and full every single week for months on end, it's okay to have like busy weeks. Absolutely okay. Um, but if every week is a busy week for you, something's wrong <laughs> uh, because you're not giving yourself space to pause, reflect, 
to to be fresh to have those creative juices flowing um i'm i know y'all have felt that uh, either recently or in the past we're just just like on fire you're like oh like today's like oh i'm like going at 100 uh 100 kilometers an hour or whatever but um you, you need to you need to pace yourself to do that so you, you want to measure success um keep it's on a weekly basis small things that are accomplishable that all tie to a bigger goal um so what you can do is like you can go month by month and you say by the end of this month i i want to i want to have these two three big things accomplished and what do i need the smaller things in the, in the in the four weeks leading up to that that I need to accomplish and go month by month. And if you're in the early stage, things are changing too quick. Go month by month. Don't plan six months ahead, a year ahead. That's all guessing. It's all guesswork. Um, and ultimately, like success is tied to what makes you happy. And if if it, it, it spend a lot of time thinking about what makes you happy and if it's actually something valid, because sometimes we make make these things up in our head and we think you know doing a will get us happy or doing b will, will make us happy um but ultimately are you satisfied with the life that you're living and it's a personal endeavor it's your life it is it's your lived experience so are you happy with what you're doing sometimes we get stuck in a situation i've seen entrepreneurs do this and they're like they actually at the core didn't want the company to scale because <laughs> they have not, now they have no time <laughs> and they're unhappy and some others will be incredibly happy in the same situation. So it's also like assessing where you are and give it a shot. Like su success means, are you happy? Did you give the things a shot that you wanted to give a shot? Um, and are, are you having the impact that you're looking to have in your life and the life of others? Um, and I know it's vague to share that, um, but if I'm giving a general advice, that's the advice that I will give. Awesome. I think, you know, focusing on, on your happiness isn't always something that, you know, entrepreneurs keep at the forefront of what they're doing, how they do what they do. And, uh, you know, even, even in the larger scope of, of, of things in life, you know, you, you find that there's lots of people who are quote unquote successful uh, by, by most modern day, uh, modern day metrics, but are just unhappy in general right or yeah. you know just have not created life lifestyles that feed them right you they, there's a lot of pouring out pouring out but um not not yeah. a lot of feeding back and um yeah no this, i'm i'm personally gonna be listening to this podcast again and again because there's definitely <laughs> lots of things that you know we we have to pick up on the boardroom has turned into a classroom the guys. boardroom Nowadays, turns into a classroom every day we every have no day. control of our podcast we now reach that point in 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 the boardroom where you know we digest we we have to take in what you've said and you know as as you exit the boardroom we have a quick fire session something that we like to call the elevator right so picture this Love it. you're leaving the boardroom we've had this fantastic conversation um we hope you we hope you enjoyed it <laughs> <laughs> uh and you're rushing off you've got another meeting and just as you enter the elevator one of our eager interns finds you at the door 
Mm. hops into the elevator with you and has some quick, quick questions to ask you as you wrap up your day with us, right? So we're going to hop into the elevator and ask you two quick fire questions uh, just to get just to get your bearings on a couple of things. And then we can call it a day and yeah, leave, leave, leave you to what you're up to. So... Right. The first question. Um, and, you know, it's quick fire. So you've got to think on your feet. <laughs> uh, so if you could start a business tomorrow, something that you'd want to scale to, you know, billion dollar, you know, unicorn status, right? What, what business would that be? Or what, what, what industry or, or, or problem would you, would you seek to solve? Yeah, um, I don't know if we can make it to a billion, but um, now that's I, up to you. I know <laughs> <laughs> it's at the end of the day. I'm, I'm I've always been. I do what I do because I'm passionate about um, education. At the end of the day, that's at, that's at the core, and that's uh, I, that's at the that's my north star that I have mentioned. So whatever I've built in my career is towards transformative education that is meaningful and that is useful um, to young people. And so that's what I would like to launch a, a, a business on. So how can we make um, transformative education like this one, like the, like the one that you went through, the, this entrepreneurship education, but not just entrepreneurship, but other aspects as well, uh, accessible to every young person in, in the world. Um, I believe in the unlocked potential of all human beings. Um, yeah. And, and if you, uh, education is, is the for me the main vehicle to unlock that potential awesome let us know when you, at in what at whatever point in time when you decide to chase that we'd love we'd love to support you <laughs> <laughs> road to a billion, road to a billion. <laughs> um, final question jorge mm-hmm. you know we get over the course of one's life, entrepreneur or not, we get a lot of advice from different people, parents, teachers, accelerator leaders, you know, books we Twitter. read, <laughs> Twitter. Ah, ah, ah. Twitter. Twitter has mentored entrepreneurs out here. Yeah. Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Um, over the course of your life, okay, what are give us the best advice you've ever been given? Could be on anything, life, whatever, and the worst advice that you'd you know, advise us to steer away from? Mm, that's a great question. The best advice I've ever been given, um, I would say the best advice you've ever given is, is take a shot. Like you, the world is your canvas. It, 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 you, you have this one life and, yeah. and make art with it. Whatever art looks, looks like to you, then do it. Like, what do you want to reflect on decades from now? Um, and also, like, where you are decades from now is contingent on what you experience today. Um, and so, yeah, take a shot. I, I used to be very afraid to, to take shots um, and, and try to live a, a conventional life. And I was unhappy and frustrated <laughs> and realized, like, I'm just like, that's not the life that I want. And so... Um, very cliche, but it's, it's, I think it's the best advice. Um, take, take the shot and listen, listen to yourself. Um, and yeah. if you're unhappy or uncomfortable, then something 
something within you or something around you must change. Um, worst the, advice. The worst advice. Oh man, the worst advice. Um, just stick to it. <laughs> I was like, no, that's, that, that doesn't work either. <laughs> just like, just fight it out. Someone will eventually give you a chance. I'm like, no, uh, you, I gotta, you gotta make your own life and you have to make your own strides and, and waiting for somebody else to do the, to do it for you ain't going to work. And like, yeah. that's so, I've heard that so, so often, particularly in, in maybe like a, in a corporate America or so on. And it's just like, Oh, if you stay here long enough, if you work hard long yeah. enough, uh, work your way up might, the ranks. Someone <laughs> might like feel sorry for you and be like, Oh, this person has merit. Let's move them up. It's like, uh, uh-uh, uh, no, you need to take the reins and you need to, contr- and you need to, you need to have influence in your own life rather than wait for somebody else to do it. Um, and I had a job many, many, many years ago when I was in college and it was, I was at a bank. And I basically, I was told that I was like, if you stay here long enough, maybe you can become bank manager. And I'm like, I, that sounds awful. Like, you tell me that, <laughs> me that Tortures. I'm, I'm, I'm like 20 years old and you're telling me by the time I'm 30, I can be a bank manager if I stay here long enough. No, like, like, I wasted my twenties and not saying that bank <laughs> manager is wrong. No, no. I, I, I want to say the opposite. Like if that, if yeah. that makes you happy in many different ways, Heck yes, do it. Well, I, I didn't mean the bank manager part. What I mean is that waiting the 10 years um, yeah. and, and waiting for somebody else um, mm. to be like, oh, this person has worked hard enough. It's like, no, I, I want to take chances. I want to be a bank manager when I'm 25. Uh, yeah. Rather than wait until or own the bank, you know, <laughs> or, 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 or something like bank. that, right? Right. So, <laughs> so, 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 so again, it's not the bank manager yeah. piece, it's like the timeline of that, waiting for somebody else to do it for you. No, you take the right. reins and you do it. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, that brings us to the ground floor of the elevator. We've opened up the doors and, you know, you can walk off into your Batmobile, whatever you pulled up in, go buy, go buy a bank. <laughs> go out and buy your bank. But Jorge, this, this has been, this has, this has been nice. I, I've, I've enjoyed it. Bonnie, have you enjoyed this conversation? We went over like our usual time, but it, it felt so, this is, this is, this is dope. This is dope. This is this is part one. Where we we we're definitely gonna need a part two, and I I can say on behalf of the team we are more than delighted to have you back here again, and we have learned so much from you. And you know we we do hope that the audience has been taking notes. The audience has been seeing themselves in our stories, and yeah, aspiring to be true to who they are and look for opportunities to become better selves whether or not it's through entrepreneurship uh the world is your oyster just like you said jorge you you basically miss 100 percent of the shots that you never take so we hope that people listening to this are equipped to go out there take their own shots and we shall catch you all on the next episode a big thank you to jorge and his expertise and we shall see you all in the next episode of boardroom banter it has been a pleasure Pleasure. Thank you, Bonnie. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Yuri. Y'all rock. Thank you for inviting me. It's been a pleasure and I'm happy to return and continue the banter. Part two loading. Thank you, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Did you already just said continue the banter? That should be a thing. Continue the banter. Continue the banter. Yeah, continue. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, just give us an outro. Boy, Boy, give us an outro.
that's yes. an outro. <laughs> <laughs> yes, guys. Perfect.